Hello. Hello. We're here. We're I'm back. not Linda. I'm not Nick. We're <laughs> <laughs> both quite pleased so, with that. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> Podcast week two. Hang on a minute. We've managed to two episodes. This is good, isn't it? It is. We've got many more coming. We're excited yeah. today massively because we have a really cool special guest coming up. Yeah, as promised. As promised. So before that, though. Coffee matters most when cared for from plant to cup. We're committed to roasting and delivering a coffee drinking experience to be remembered. This podcast is brought to you by Cielo Coffee. Coffee, 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 coffee. There is another treat for everyone's ears. There is. Isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> What's there that, is. Linda? Well, there's this really cool vintage company called Best Days Vintage. Best Days. Which we may have talked about before. They've also got a podcast. Uh, yes. I feel like we might have. I was going to say experience good coffee, but that's, that's our ours. One. That's our that's one. A, there's only one podcast in no, the world. That is the only one. No, theirs is. Theirs is Failed Rockstar. Failed Rockstar Club. Club. Yeah. Anyway, they're a vintage well. store in Colchester. If you're anywhere near Colchester, go find them because I've heard the coffee is really good. The coffee is awesome. And they started doing vinyl. Yes. Vintage vinyl and new vinyl. Yeah, I need to get down there. So Even anyway, they do it online, and it said they sent out an email because I'm signed up to their um, mail, obviously. <laughs> of course. And it said vintage. if you buy something on our website, then we'll write you a song. I was like, yes, please. Oh yeah. That, that is my kind of marketing. So. Uh, so you bought something. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, you away. had to. What a shame. <laughs> I love a bit of marketing. I'm like, I'm a marketer's dream. But so it is an awesome coat. It's an awesome coat. I've and worn it got... nearly every day in my vintage coat. And I got a song. You got a song. Should we play it? Let's play it. Roll jingle. Hey, Linda and everybody at CLO. Thank you for your purchase on our website. Here is your song, as promised. At CLO Linda is your host She's undisputably Queen of the roast Her beans are the best This side of Uganda If you go to Starbucks I don't understand you Thank you Thank you. Uh, hope you liked it. Uh, and see you soon. Thank you for the great coffee. <laughs> that is absolutely <laughs> it's, incredible. I think it's accurate, isn't it? I, well, hang on. Apart from Linda's the Queen, but what? no, no, you are. What do you mean? Isn't do you a, not go to my Jubilee uh, celebration? That line about the Starbucks is hilarious. Um, I absolutely love the way he rhymes Uganda. Who yeah. knew that would rhyme? I mean, it's brilliant. He, I remind, I, it reminds me 
very athlete vibes. It is. They I used are to athlete, love athlete. Yeah, definitely. Like one of my top top favorites ever. Yeah. And it, he's got a very athlete vibes. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. It is very cool. I like it a lot. And if you want more from them, follow them on Insta. Yeah, or TikTok. They've got a good. The TikTok is all songs, so that's very funny. Well, get on TikTok then. I need to follow them on TikTok. I'm not even Find best days vintage. You know. Have you not? <laughs> no, I need what? to. What? But, it could be because I'm not on TikTok a lot. But, um, listen out for, what's that really funny one? The Hedgehog. What? There's a Hedgehog song. Is there? Which is I need to go back and listen. Not quite as good as the CIA song, but it is immense. It's to do with hedgehogs. Yeah, got bon- that. And bonfire nights. Oh no, that sounds sad. <laughs> Will it make me cry? I feel like ours has got a cheery tone. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, check them out. Yep, Best yep, days yep. vintage. So we've got an absolute cracker today. We have. We um, managed to. You. Gr- Let's I, be truthful. Oh no, I did. I'm absolutely I, gutted. I had to ban Linda from this one. He's got so, good arms. <laughs> Excuse me, Simon <laughs> Thomas very generously was opening an event we were at recently, and I kind of, no joke, we're driving in. I think with the a phrase van. is hoodwinked. Hoodwinked sounds weird, but let's call it that. <laughs> so, I was driving the van in in the morning, going, oh, "It'd be great if we could just get Simon to do a podcast with us, not just say hi, but do a whole podcast." <laughs> And who was walking into this event down the road on their own, just obviously turned up, trying yeah. to find the entrance. Oh, let me help Simon. <laughs> wind down the window. Did, Simon. It, did it really wind? You always do wind down. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it was a button. The truth is, <laughs> that is a really good point. Because whenever I do wind down the window, I, you, do that you can imagine gesture. it in your, ha- in I'm your head I'm glad it's now. a podcast, guys. But I this do. Is audio, thank goodness. <laughs> It'll be an electric window these it days. Was a, it was an electric window as well. So I wound down the window. <laughs> not quite as exciting pushing a button in mid-air. That's not why. And, <laughs> oh, no, you're right. Anyway, he was there and I said, Simon. And he really kind of said, yeah, when I'm done, let's grab some time. I Ten know, minutes. I mean, it turned into about half an hour, it. bless him. But absolutely, I mean, really, he's had a big impact on my life. We, took, we touched on that a little bit in in the interview as well and there's some real great nuggets for all of us um just navigating the you know crazy lives we all live and, and i haven't heard things it yet that happen. so it's a treat for me enjoy it and uh, thanks here we go go today we've got simon thomas with us a blue peter present uh sky sports present uh, yeah and yeah. uh we're just so excited to have you on our podcast, Simon. So thank you for being with us. Pleasure, pleasure. And um, it would be, you know, over my first interaction with you and, and coming, you know, to you coming into my radars in life was probably 20 odd years ago when I did a gap year with Oasis Trust and Steve Chalk's band. And uh, <laughs> we, um, I remember going in every week to do our training as part of the, the course. And uh, there was all this buzz around, oh, Simon Thomas has got the Blue Peter job. And everyone was... So was this 99? So Must this was 99. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of 98, 99. So it was yeah. that, that kind of year. And um, everyone was absolutely 
proud as punch that you got this thing. And I think there was a real sense of that. And I just remember going, this is amazing. And everyone was really excited. And that's when I first, you know, so I heard a bit of your backstory, I guess, yeah, from yeah. then, just, you know, before you were even doing the, the Blue Peter thing. And then from doing Blue Peter, you went on to do Sky Sports presenting yeah, yeah. Um, and moving 20 years on to where we are now. And we've got, um, you know, I've been following your journey really closely with through the Life mm. Interrupted podcast and your book and your blogs, uh, video blogs online. And um, it's been a real inspiration, I think, to oh, so, so yeah. many people, yeah. huge inspiration. And I just thought it'd be great to spend a bit of time hearing a bit of your heart behind that so yeah. you can tell people. And I'd love to delve in a bit more because it's great hearing it. I also was interested in your perspective on what you were hoping to get from it. Mm. So tell us a bit about how... What, what happened in life that got you to this point of doing this Life Interrupted? So life was, life was good, stable, and career-wise was going really well in 2017. So you're right, so I'd gone from Blue Peter to Sky Sports in 2005, so six right. years on BP, uh, which are just amazing amazing six years and then the question was well, what do you do next and I just wanted always to get into sport next so that's where I ended up and sort of over the next 11 years worked my way out from Sky Sports News to the Football League to the Premier League and we get to the second season doing the Premier League uh, the 17-18 season and at that point in life it's myself my first wife Gemma and Ethan who's my boy who was eight at the time and just a very odd, surreal, scary autumn. Just this, I started to get affected by really bad anxiety around work, which I'd never really had before at all. I mean, you mm. get healthy nerves before you do a mm. live game or a live program, but, but really bad anxiety and started to get panic attacks before going on air and I had depression as well. So suddenly life became really, really uncertain and unstable. And as anyone who's gone through mental health problems will tell you, it's a, it's a really fear-filled place, you know, mm. just everything, best way to describe it is when it's really pronounced is everything in life that normally feels possible and, and easy to do becomes impossible. That's, that's how it felt. So your job becomes almost impossible. So I come away from work um, to get myself fixed, basically. Um, Sky were really, really good and very supportive and understanding. And then amidst all that, Gemma started to fall ill. Mm. Um, and she was diagnosed mid-November with acute myeloid leukemia, which is a very rare but very aggressive form of blood cancer. And she, yeah, went from diagnosis at the start of the week to dying by the Friday. So, wow. Yeah, and it's just a bizarre month where you're having your own battles, and then within three days, your wife's gone, mm. and then you're in this pain-filled, scary landscape, this grief your own grief but then of course you've got an eight-year-old boy as well mm. he's just lost his mum hopefully the single biggest thing he'll ever have to deal with in his life so you're, uh. you're dealing with so much and so many questions about the future and yeah just when I look back on it now you kind of look at it and think gosh I don't know how you can kind of operate in that period or get through it but we, we, we did but yeah it was um, it was hell mm. that period really yeah was. yeah yeah and I've heard you talk often about Ethan and how actually yeah. 
in some ways that was the hardest watching mm. your son more than even what you had to yeah. go through yeah. but equally I've heard you talk about how at, you know at your lowest times he could be one of the thing mm. that really pulled you through as well yeah, so it's kind of really powerful what you've kind of gone through but also shared I think yeah. with people in that journey and I know you shared quite Probably not quickly, but you were very open with your feelings through mm. going through that process yeah. online. And I know I followed your video blogs quite early on. Yeah. Like, was that something intentional? Was that something you just did? Like, what were you thinking when you were? No, I don't think anything of it was intentional at first. I think I just I put out a tweet the day after Gemma died because I'd been off work for about three weeks by this point, and in, in my mind I'm thinking I don't I don't know how. And if I'll ever go back to doing the football again, mm. and if I did at that point, you just no, not even a, a clue how it's going to work mm. in terms of income and everything. And I just remember lying there on the Saturday, and you, you're feeling just every emotion going, and you're ostensibly numb. You don't really know what's going on. Um, mm. I just remember lying in my bed and just thinking briefly, what would I normally be doing on a Saturday if? if this all hadn't happened then I'd be sort of getting on the train because I'd have done the lunchtime going for Sky yeah. and coming home and, and then I'm sort of thinking well it's three o'clock so the sort of whistles for the games around the country will be beginning and it just it's such a weird thing because you're in such a different place you kind of I describe it as well they call it the parallel universe you're in the world but you don't feel of it anymore so the world's carrying on the games are starting life carries on but you're now in this really horrendous bizarre place of loss and grief and I just thought, I don't know when I'll ever be back. But I just want people to know that I'm just disappeared. This mm. is what's going on. So I just put a tweet out that, it just, I don't know why, but it seems to resonate with a lot of people. I think I was very honest about how I was feeling. Just I think I said I'm in indescribable pain and, and then said Ethan's heartbroken and, and it just went mad. Um, you know, really? Yeah. So immediately the feedback. Yeah, and I don't, so this day I don't know why, and I've been asked about it a few times. And I, I think probably it's because maybe a couple of things. Firstly, because in the tweet I said that it, it was three days from diagnosis to her mm. going. So probably the shock of that in that life can change very quickly. Mm. You, know, you never quite know what's around the corner. And also, we tend to dress death up a little bit, you know, but mm. actually, it is very painful. And it is life changing, and I was quite a very real and raw about that, and I think that maybe resonated with people. And I found it therapeutic actually, sort of writing about it. I was quite scattergun social media wise, and I think a few of my family and friends were a little bit worried about that in the mm. first few weeks. So then I started blogging and would just write blogs. So if a thought came into my head, or just something I wanted to write about, rather than just sort of sending out something on social media and sit down and write something. Yeah. And again, I don't know why those those blogs started resonating with people. I remember writing, I think it was my first one, maybe my second one, I don't know. And uh, I'd used a quote from Pete Gregg, uh, mm. who I know a little bit, and Pete wrote, um, you know, God on Mute, which is the story yeah. of when his wife was very ill, and that feeling that, where's God in all this? I'm not hearing from him. And that's something I totally recognised in those first few weeks and months. Uh, and he talks about vulnerability in that book, about unclenching the fist and daring to be vulnerable, daring to be weak, which is men, we're not very good at, at mm, doing. So oh I wrote yeah. this blog, this, I saw that quote, someone put it on Facebook one, one morning. I used to regularly wake up very early in the first few weeks. You just can't sleep. I could get to sleep, couldn't stay asleep. So I was up about half two, it was pretty normal at that stage. <laughs> when I say it now, it's like half two, it's horrendous. <laughs> but back then it was kind of life and it's not very nice, but I used to just get up. 
I saw that quote somewhere online and it just sparked something in me about, because I just got so many messages from people and they were well-meaning, which was this constant thing of be strong, be strong, be strong for Ethan. What the hell? Is, <laughs> how, how, how are you supposed to be strong? Mm. All I'm doing at the moment is functioning. I'm just trying mm. to get him to school and back, try and put a meal on the table. I'm functioning. I don't feel strong at all. And that quote really hit me about vulnerability and actually there's real strength in being vulnerable. So mm. I just wrote this blog and I didn't think much of it. I just thought, this is how I feel. And I put it up on this blog site I had. And, and I left it at that. And I remember going on social media a couple of times that day and thinking, goodness me, this is creating a bit of a stir. And my uh, then sister-in-law, Rebecca, who was Gemma's sister, was staying with us for a few weeks after it all happened. She walked back in the door that evening after work. She was like, blog's just been read out on Radio 1 Newsbeat. <laughs> I was like, what? And it sparked a whole thing with them about men and grief and vulnerability. And I mm. thought, goodness me. And so I, I don't know why it, it, it resonated with people. Maybe it was just someone being honest about what kind of loss can feel like. Yeah. Actually, as a guy saying, it's okay to feel emotion. It's okay to feel weak. Yeah. And we are terrible at it. And yeah. particularly, you know, in, in the UK and... You know, as we've been, you know, it's it's a it's a culture that isn't naturally, for men particularly, okay to talk about emotions. So I think what you've done is unlock something through yeah, doing that, yeah. which that's why I was interested in why and how that did because it's it's I think it was incredibly significant yeah. by you doing that, and, yeah. and I want to thank you. I think it, it really has helped shift us, mm. and from my from me. I'll tell you a bit about when, so I watch one of your, uh, what you now describe as erratic video blogs, probably. <laughs> They're really struck home for me, and yeah. I'll tell you why. Because I've not been through anything like that, and I know I've heard you talk about, you know, it's not, it almost doesn't matter who's been through mm. worse or whatever, mm. but actually it means a lot to you. Yeah. And yeah. so me losing my father when I was 27 was yeah. hard. Yeah. Uh, and hit me a lot more than I was expecting um, death to hit me. Mm. Um, but particularly for my mum, there was a bit where I remember you did a video blog in New Wine. You probably can't even remember, but oh you were gosh. in New Wine. No, do remind me. <laughs> you were at New Wine Festival, and I remember you were chatting a bit about how, and, and honesty, if it wasn't for your honesty, it wouldn't have hit home. Mm. But your honesty was that you would see people that you used to know, and people would just dodge you, or dodge the question, or dodge chatting about Gemma. <sighs> And it was no, really hacking now. you off on did that I day. Did I it? <laughs> oh, no, I've just no, shared it again. No, I don't think I did. I, think it <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. I don't know. But... I remember that. It yeah. was really raw. Yeah. But I, I... I mean, I don't think people need... I mean, we're so used to listening to perfect messages mm. these days, aren't we? That we kind of forget that it's okay to kind of hear stuff that's not yeah. a really neat message. Yeah. And actually... It was really important what God, you said. I so that. for I think me, I sat in a deck chair by my camper man. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you were. You were. <laughs> and so for me, it was really a powerful moment mm. for realizing that I'd really let my mum down in mm. that moment as well because we lost my dad a few years before, but she like, you know, obviously for years mm. and years has been mourning, and that has really, you know, really hit her. But I would not mention dad much, mm. and I realized in that moment that I, you know, it was, it's changed the way yeah. I talk to her and yeah. talk about dad and because it's silly, but I was one of those people that would feel like, 
I don't want to mention it in case you're having a good day and not thinking yeah, about him. Yeah. Or I don't want to bring up anything that's painful. Mm. But clearly, like you said, it's painful the whole time anyway. And it's not... You can't yeah. bring it up. And almost, it's nicer to talk about it. Yeah. And then... And it was really powerful for me. So I've really changed the way I talk to mum because of that, yeah. about dad. It was interesting because um, I... <laughs> it's all coming back now. <laughs> and again, this was probably a bit early as well. But I, I actually spoke at a seminar the next week, on week two of New York. Oh, did you? Okay. About grief, funnily enough. Yeah. Uh, it was part of a, a wider seminar that someone else was leading called Yvonne from Atalos. Yeah. The charity, um, but I, I, got, I was asked to get up and speak for fifteen minutes, and I actually relayed, I relayed that story. Right. I wasn't criticising you, wine. No, no, no. But no, I was no. just saying that this, this, this is one area in which we can be better. Yeah. Because I found it so well, so odd. I mean, when I reflected back on that, I think probably it was too early to be going back because new wine is a very, it's very family orientated, and there's nothing wrong with that. But it can be a hard yeah, yeah, place yeah. to be if you don't fit into that. Mm. That particular model of yeah. what family life should be. So it probably was a bit early, um, but I, I just remember just bumping into people because I've been to New Wine probably about three or four years by that point, and you do you do bump into some real faces. That's one of the things I love yeah. about it. You bump into yeah. people you just haven't seen for years, and yeah. you know, like you talk about Oasis, you yeah, bump yeah, into yeah, yeah. Oasis you haven't seen since 1999, <laughs> and you sort of see them every year. Mm. How's your year been, and all that kind of stuff. So you were having those conversations again, so you bump into people. And not all of them, but I'd say 90% of them yeah. literally talk to you like it was another year. So God, say, how are you doing? Yeah. How's Ethan doing? I would have been that And you walk away and go, this is so weird. I've just been through the most life-changing year yeah. of my life. It's not, it, it, I, don't, I don't mean this in an arrogant way, but because it became so public, it's unlikely. Yeah, 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 of course. And you just talked to me like nothing had happened. Yeah. And, I, and people say, well, what would you have rather than that situation? Because I totally get what you're saying, and I think, crikey, if I say something, maybe, yeah, they are having a good day today and they don't want reminding. But just a, a how are you doing? It's you know, just, how, how yeah, is life yeah, at the moment? Yeah, yeah. You're, okay, you're not specifically saying, I'm so sorry to hear about what happened to Gemma, but just that thing tells the person yeah. you're acknowledging it. Definitely. But I think you spoke into a lie that is there that gives you an excuse not to, which yeah. we don't talk about. And this no. is what I'm, I'm excited by, what mm. you've been doing yeah. subsequently as well with trying to help us, you know, keep it as something we mm. discuss, whether it's something really major or like you say, like just things that we go through and things like that. And yeah. um, so, so you've then started doing a bit more of a, a, a form of podcast mm. as well, Life yeah. Interrupted. Yeah. So tell us a bit about that you've... Uh, so the idea, so I, I've, I wrote a book about everything that happened in 27 called Love Interrupts It. Yeah. And um, I got into some conversations sort of around the time of writing it and beyond about doing a podcast around the book. So we'd had a conversation with Global who are, um, well, they're the, they're the main sort of commercial radio owner in the country. So they're like Heart, Capital, Classic mm -hmm. FM, LBC, Smooth. And they have a massive podcast wing. So we started talking to them. And initially it was going to be very much anchored in the book and it was going to be called Love Interrupted and I think as we went on we recorded a, a pilot with a guy called Steve Bland whose um, wife was Rachel Bland who worked on Five Live for the BBC and then started that amazing podcast called You, Me and the Big C which mm. has been such a massive help for people going through cancer and then she sadly died in 2018 
Um, and uh, he was the first one. So it was very much about his experience, what he'd been through, and there were a lot of parallels with me. And as I listened back to the part, I thought, well, you know, what Steve's saying is amazing. It's a really powerful chat, but actually, it's, it's so anchored just in grief that actually life can be interrupted in a whole number of different ways. Mm. So I said, look, I want to kind of broaden it a little mm. bit because it can be interrupted through you know, life-changing injury or mental health problems or mm. a, you know, a massive change in circumstances. Life interrupts us in lots of different ways. It can be equally challenging for everybody. So we decided to call it Life Interrupted. And we just had this idea to talk to people, known and unknown, who'd been through something life-changing. So to hear the story of their kind of life, hear the moment whatever happened to them had happened, and then how they found the way through to finding life again, finding yeah. fulfillment again. Um, and so we started doing it and just it threw up some amazing, some amazing stories, you know, some people who I didn't really know their story until mm. I read about it, had them on. So like Andrea Call from The Cause was one yeah. of the early guests. You know, amazing story, you know, behind that amazing success we saw with them in the late 90s and into the noughties, you know, behind the cause was a tale of heartbreak of the death of her, you know, her dad and then her mum and she had numerous miscarriages. You know, a lot of really tough things happened in her life mm. against this backdrop of success. So we just see the success, didn't know her story. So stories like that, but other people we had on were just incredibly powerful. And I wanted the podcast to be something that was challenging, mm. yeah. but also yeah. just fueled by hope. So you get to the end of it and go, God, that was a really hard listen. You know, I'm thinking of the Gandhi brothers, who, you know, amazing couple of brothers who went out to Thailand on a big family holiday. And um, that Boxing Day tsunami lost both parents. Wow, you know, my, parents, you know, my boy's lost his mum. You're going on holiday with your parents and you come back with a family without them. You know. But their story, amazing, and what they've done with their lives now, and starting up this clothing company and setting up the orphanages in, in countries around the world for kids in a similar position. They have an extraordinary life they've gone on to lead. But running parallel to that life is a life of pain, and of course they still miss their parents, and that was a traumatic, life-changing event. So that's what I wanted it to be. People, almost that gulp moment, like good grief. Wow, how do you get through that? And then, and then by the time the podcast finished, they go, days I'd have never expected that story to come out of that and and in in telling those stories giving hope to anyone and it became like the third series became we recorded actually series two and three during the pandemic so in a funny kind of way that title then became applicable to everybody because we all had our lives interrupted in March 2020 now you know it was varying degrees of how much it was interrupted but we definitely had life interrupted suddenly everything that felt very kind of sure in life went out the window for all of us like well, what happens next you know will I still have a job in six months will I still be here in six months you know what's this going to mean for my family so it almost became more pertinent than it was before but that's ultimately been about it. it's about telling amazing stories tough stories challenging stories but hope is what I always wanted it to finish on. Yeah, yeah, and that's very successful and that carries really well. And what I love is that when you're, you know, you meet such a diverse range of people as well. So from, you know, Philip Schofield to, I was listening to Katie Price. Oh gosh, recently as well. <laughs> but what it is, what it fascinates me is that there's always things as well that you can relate to into the, the smaller things in yeah, life. Yeah. So it can just be a bad day. Mm. And there are, there are some things that by what you're doing through talking about mm. it, 
just helps equip us, I think, for the day-to-day. And I really love the way you spin the end of it is... Because it's all about, largely about reaching out to each other and and drawing friends and family in. But what I love is the way you end it, not with make sure you reach out to someone, but who are you looking out for? And I think that's really significant for me. I think that's something we all need to do better and I need to do better is who am I looking out for? Who's, who's well can I change just by listening and just asking? And that's really positive because like you say, there's stuff that you'd look back at and go, you know, if you told me this was coming, there's no way I could have coped with that. Yeah. But somehow through what you talk about, you know, we find that there is ways through and that's really powerful, really powerful. The main message that sort of felt has come out from it, um, and I apply it to my own life as well, that kind of hearing it from other people's lives just fills you with kind of strength and inspiration is, is that, you know, no matter what life can present us with, and however hard a situation you can find yourself in, um, and however painful and disconcerting and any other given emotion, it, it can it can spark off in us. There's, there is always a way through. I think when everything happened in 2017, life just felt so dark. When I describe it, it's like your life is like a, a painting full of rich colours and vibrance. Mm. And when something like this happens, it's literally like all the colour gets sucked out of it. It's like this very black and white version of life. And I kind of felt that. I felt like this... Life's just going to be a pale imitation of what it was before. And this is going to get Ethan through school. Hopefully he grows up to be a fine young man and my, my job's done. So a very, very limited view of what life would be going forward. I knew there was kind of a way through it, but I didn't know how. And I think what the podcast did for me personally was, was just underlining that there, there is always a way through. And the story I always tell from... from the series we did was a guy called Duncan Slater. He was a very early on guest, and a lot of people won't have heard of Duncan Slater, but he he was in the uh, the military. Oh yeah, the and he was a sergeant. Yeah, and he got posted to Afghanistan a few times, and he went out there. And on one of the times he was serving in Afghanistan, his convoy truck just going down these dusty roads in Afghanistan and hit an IED, a landmine, and the the main force of the blast went up through the seat where he was sat, he was in the passenger seat. So it didn't really injure anyone else in, in the truck, but, but caused catastrophic injuries for him. Uh, and after a very painful period of trying to keep them, he had to, he had to have both his legs amputated. So Duncan you know, goes through an incredibly dark, low period in his life where he's having to face up to losing his limbs. And then the, the painful physical rehabilitation, the mental challenges that that sparks off in you. And eventually learn to walk again on prosthetic limbs. And as you kind of listen to Duncan's stories, the light began to chink back into his life. Mm. You start to hear the story of this man who's just gone to do these amazing things. You know, first double amputee to, to ski to the South Pole. He'd done the Marathon de Sabre, which for people listening who don't know what that is, it's, it's a horrendously long run in the Sahara Desert in Morocco. It's brutal. And this guy failed on his first attempt because he got a horrible infection on his legs, what was left of them, where they joined the prosthetic limbs, and failed on the last night. They said, if you carry on, you may, you may die. Went back the next year and conquered it. So he's just gone on to lead this amazing life. He's got a wife and a daughter. He absolutely adores. And as we're getting towards the end of the podcast, I mean, he heard this really desperate story and 
just the horrors of that day in Afghanistan and then the many, many months of rehab afterwards. And then you start to hear this story of what he's done since. You're like, wow, and this guy is just, he's so full of life and mm. he, he sounds so fulfilled and, okay. um, and happy. And, and so I asked him this question again, I'm not really sure where it came from, but I just said, Duncan, if you could go to, back to that day in 2009 or whatever it was, given everything you've told me about what life has looked like for you over the last few years, if you could go back to that day and change the story of what would have happened, mm. would you? And he didn't pause for breath, he went, no. Mm. What? <laughs> and people listening to that probably thought, why on earth wouldn't you change it? But I think because it, it taught him a lot about what life is. He came very close to losing his life. He, he had to go to some of the darkest places and pull himself through. And when he did eventually pull himself through, he appreciated life in a very different way. I think when you go through something traumatic and life-changing, it's like the entire camera body on your life not just the lens on your life everything changes so you see life in a different way you have an appreciation for life that mm. you didn't previously have and that's why i'm trying to encourage people you know we all know like living every day like it's your last you can't there's just something you just you can't do that it's just life gets in the way but don't wait for something like this to happen for you to appreciate yeah. how precious life is and i think he just has an appreciation for life and it's like, well, listen, I've almost been given a second chance here. So yeah. I'm going to rinse out every moment. I'm not going to let the fact that I've just got a couple of stumps left for legs. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to lead a fulfilled, happy and joyful life. Yes, I'll have my days where I struggle, days where I'm in pain. And that's why he wouldn't go back and change it. And, and that's been, for me, kind of my mantra is like, and I always say this to people, whatever you're facing, however tough it feels and however impossible it feels, it is always... A narrow way through yeah there is always a narrow way through and particularly with having a faith you've got the added massive indescribably yeah. large bonus of yeah. having a god who walks alongside you yeah. as you're pulling yourself through that and that's really the kind of message i've tried to live by and impart to others because some people will see their situations as utterly hopeless yeah. no way through but there's always a way through yeah that was powerful simon mm. thanks so much for Pleasure. spending a bit of time with us and thank you on behalf of everyone, really, for what you're doing. I just think you are an inspiration. You've oh, inspired you. me. Yeah. And I uh, really encourage everyone to listen to your podcasts. And in particular... The guy on the phone, Dan, probably listening. He's a... <laughs> we should just say we're backstage at CRE, Christian Resource Exhibition. And there's cleaners. And there's a very loud guy on a phone. It reminds me of Don Jolly from Trigger Happy TV. Hello! People are... People are... <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah. a busy scene yeah but that's people, are, people are okay with that it's life so yeah but thank you Simon no great to hang out with you today and you mate so yeah we'd love you to subscribe um, and go with us on our journey we've got some weeks ahead and uh, yeah we'd love you to set out with us we've got some offers we'll be doing bits of coffee information we'll be giving you so it'd be great if you could follow us and we've got Instagram we've got Facebook we've got website we've even got the old tiktok which is epic so find us out there it's clo which is just clo coffee and you'll uh, spot us around the place